Good morning, everyone. I'm so happy you guys are here. Um, I hope you guys are ready for today's word, because I know God has a message for each and every one of us today. But as I get started, I want you guys to think of your life like this balloon, okay? All the air that goes into this balloon is the activities that we fill our life with. Some of you are like, I have more activities than that. But before we get into the activities that we fill our lives with as adults, I want us to talk about how our life was when we were kids. Or maybe if you have kids, you guys could relate. But when children are little, we understand as adults that as humans, we need a regular rhythm to better our life with work and rest, right? So when kids go to preschool or kindergarten, they go to class, they maybe they learn their one, two, threes for about like 20 minutes. They have snack time, maybe they're a little upset with that sandwich mom keeps packing them. They learn their ABCs. But what is really cool at this age they either go outside and they play for a little bit. Or my favorite part, the lights turn low and the mats come out and it's time for what? Nap. Exactly, nap time. That's what nap time sounds like. <laughs> but see, what happens is that they go and they come back a little less stressed, a little less stressed out, stretched, because they had time to rest, right? Now, wouldn't that be awesome for us as an adults if, if our work required us to take naps throughout the day? Maybe, you know, we just got off the phone with that hard patient. Maybe we're dealing with the stressed out boss. And hey, it's time for a nap. We could all use that once in a while, right? Some of you guys are looking at me like, I already take naps. My boss just doesn't know it. <laughs> hey, that's a story in the Bible too, but that's for another sermon when people were taking naps when they were not supposed to, so we'll save that for another time. But we recognize this in kids, right? You know, as a parent, as the kids grow up, we're, when we see our kids a little fussy, we say, probably they're tired, they need to take a nap. I'm one of the parents like, oh, she's probably tired, right? But you know, and now as they grow up and they go to like elementary school, they have their own other stressors, right? They go to math class. This wasn't a stressor for me, I loved math, but science was a big one. They also get to go outside and play for a little bit, right? They come back less stressed, less anxious, there's so many more that I might not have mentioned. Maybe it's trying to make friends. That's a stressor. Learning how to finish that project on time. That's another stressor. But us as adults, are you guys ready? <laughs> we have a lot more, right? We go through work Monday through Friday. We have kids that we need to pick up after work. I'm kind of getting scared with the amount of air and blowing. I didn't practice this part, so if it pops in my face, I'm a little too stressed. <laughs> but then our kids have homework, and homework these days with our kids is a lot different of when we learned how to do homework, right? 
Some of you, every time I blow, your eyes are like this because you know it's about to pop. <laughs> but this is what we do. We keep filling our lives with activities and activities. But we keep pushing because guess what? The weekend is here. The weekend is coming. And we get to rest, right? But the weekend's here. And maybe those kids that have sports now have tournaments, right? I have kids that do boxing. And we have weekend you know, fights. And it's like, now I have to pay to see them fight for a sport that I've already paid for. That I'm going to get them in. I've already paid for all the equipment. So that's another thing. I have to pay to watch my own kids. And just like that, the weekend is gone. But guess what? Monday is back. I can't even blow no more. <laughs> That's why I brought my water, because I'm like, ooh. There's no more room for us to do anything else. And that's the problem. How many of you guys feel like this balloon right now? We get to this point where we are so stressed out, so stretched out to the max, that we don't even know if we have room to fit anything else. So there's two things that could either happen. We could either keep blowing and eventually blow up. Or another thing that could eventually happen is that we live in stress for too long. We end up releasing all this stress in unhealthy ways. There goes us running away from the problems in our marriage. We go running to the addictions. Or we start acting out of character. So as we start today's message, I want to ask you guys, this is our, our first fill-in. I want you guys to meditate on this question. Is my pace of life draining me from peace from my life? Is my pace of life, what I'm doing, what I'm adding to my life, is it draining the peace from my life? Now, this is a lesson that I've had to learn several times the hard way, many times. As the pace of my life increases, the stress and the relationships around me suffer. The peace and the joy is now decreased. My pace increases and the joy decreases. This is where I found myself last year. I was dealing with so much. I had so many things going on. But me, my quick reaction is to keep busy, keep doing things. What else? Planning ahead, next month, activities, all kinds of things. To keep me from avoiding my own feelings or turning open the Bible and listening to what God is really calling me to. What I thought I was doing to keep myself health healthy and happy, little did I know that the relationships around me were suffering. You see, as the pace increases from all the activities that we feel in our life, the stress goes up, relationships suffer. Our, our focus is so narrow on the things that we are wanting to do to keep us distracted that we don't have room for the other people around us. 
We push too long, for too long, we go too fast, and we're all in danger of either blowing up or also burning out. So today I want to use this time to share with you guys what ways of Jesus, what does he offer us? He offers us a whole other better way. He offers us rest. Some of you are like, what's rest? (laughs) I'm a mom of four, almost five, and I rarely get rest. But he's offering us rest from our busy lives. Jesus is offering us to remove the burdens of what religious, religion, what culture, what we have to, what we see daily of what life should look like. You know, like keeping up with the Joneses type of vibe. He wants to help us overcome the burdens of being busy all the time. The burdens that rob us from our peace. So look at the words of Jesus in Matthew Um, Chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. A lot of you have already heard this verse. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, and and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, the power of this passage is right here in this verse. And the secret is called the secret of the easy yoke. Some of you, I know it's early. Your yoke, the yoke made you guys go to scrambled eggs maybe, but that's not the yoke that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about yoke, Y-O-K-E. Some of us don't even know what that means. Some of the guys are like, yeah, I'm pretty yoked. I'm not talking about bodybuilding yoked. What I'm talking about is that when Jesus was talking about this yoke, he was talking about a first century farmers. He was talking about a wooden tool. Here's a picture up on the screen. He was talking about this wooden tool that kept oxen together. You would see that they are linked shoulder to shoulder so that they could plow the fields together or even pull wagons. I've heard stories of people here in the, in the church that worked on the farm or in the fields, and they know that they needed more than one person to get them through their job. So this is what this yoke was specific. It had specific things that it was meant for them to do, and it gives us a perfect insight of what Jesus was really meaning. There's specific things that this yoke does. This yoke, this wooden tool, it sets the pace for both animals. One can't run ahead, and one can't get left behind. They are in step with each other. Another thing that this yoke does is that it evenly weighs out the the weight of the burden that they are both taking, the weight that they are pulling. Another thing that it does, it multiplies. So if one ox could pull 150 pounds, and it multiplies, With two, it could go up to three, maybe four, five, six hundred pounds. It multiplies. So both of these oxen that work together can now pull further, and they could work way much longer than what one could do on their own. 
Now, this is what Jesus is telling us. He's telling us to link up with me. Hitch your life with me. Be shoulder to shoulder with me. And I will teach you a whole new way of rest. I will teach you a whole new way to walk with me. He's telling us, I want to help you carry that burden. I want to walk with you. The things that you are dealing with, the stresses and the things that you feel like you're carrying on your own, you're not alone. I am with you. He's telling you that what you think that you could do on your own, you could do so much more with me on your side. We see that what we do in our pace will give us the outlook of what our, our peace looks like. Our pace of life is an example of what our peace looks like. So from this passage alone, of the ways of Jesus, we're going to look at three different things. And the first one that Jesus is inviting us to do from moving from our busy life to a life of more of peace, is he's inviting us to remove the burdens of religion. This is your fill-in. And at this time, Jesus was talking to the first century Jewish people that who were burdened down from the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments. And it was started Ten Commandments, but the Pharisees had already added hundreds and hundreds of new laws and rules so by the time Jesus had came, the average Jewish, Jewish person had already felt this heavy burden. They felt like they were trying to live an unsustainable life of trying to get to somewhere that they thought that they couldn't get. They felt like they couldn't meet a standard that all these rules were telling them that they had to be. So this is the vibe that Jesus was walking into from this culture. And Jesus is telling them, throw off that old yoke. Throw off all those old rules. All those old burdens that people are telling you what you have to do. All those rules of religion, take them off. In fact, let's see what, what Jesus was responding to the Jewish lead, the religious leaders at this time in Luke um, chapter 11, 46, it's up on your screen or on your notes. He's telling the Pharisees, watch out, all you religious uh, scholars. D judgment will come to you too. The load, the load of people down with unbearable burdens of rules and regulations, you don't even lift a finger to help them. You see, the ways of Jesus is not the ways of religion. We talk about this multiple times within the church. Our faith is not based on religion. It's based on a relationship with Jesus. Religion tells us the things that we have to do to get to God. Religion tells us the things that we have to complete for Jesus to love us. That's not how it is. That if we do so much... This is how we get into heaven. But you see, what makes our faith and our relationship with Jesus a lot different 
is that it's not based on the things of what we do and how we do it or the amount of things that we do. It's based on what Jesus has already done for us. It's knowing that I am loved for who I am because of what Jesus did for me. It's knowing that we could have a whole new life now and forever because of Jesus' resurrection. It's our faith in Christ is not based on what we do. It's what Jesus has already did. So the question is, is what I want to ask you guys is, how are we going to respond to what Jesus has done for us? Are we going to go and pick up the grace and learn his ways? Or are we going to continue to live in the burden of religion? You see, our faith shouldn't be a burden to us. It shouldn't feel like we are adding extra things onto our crazy work week. It shouldn't feel like going to church is a burden. It shouldn't feel like picking up our Bible and reading a few verses is just we don't have time for that. It shouldn't feel like that. It shouldn't feel like joining a small group and being connected with people that are on the same mission with us is a burden. It shouldn't feel like that. It shouldn't feel like giving our tithes and offering is a burden. I can't. I have so many other things going on, I just can't. It shouldn't feel like we're just adding extra things to our life. It shouldn't feel like we are continuing to add and blow into the balloon that is about to pop. Because if that's how we are living with our, our life with Christ, then we're doing it wrong. If you guys feel like Jesus is just another task that we have to check off on a crazy weekend after the sports and tournaments, then we are doing it wrong. I don't know if you guys were here last week, but Monique had shared this wonderful visual uh, with us with the jars and the rocks and, and seeing how crazy our life could be as we pack things into our, our life. We don't just add Jesus to the mix of our life. We place him at the center of our life. We reprioritize all the crazy things by adding him first and allowing him to take us to get through every other thing. We put him to the center of our life. It's Matthew 6, 6.33. It's not on your outline or up on the screen. It's when he's talking about seek the kingdom first. Seek the kingdom of God, and I will help you with the rest. This is what Monique was sharing with us. All the worries, I will help you take care of them. But we have to reprioritize and reorder everything in our life by placing him first, not placing him after. This message today is very similar to what Monique had shared last week. But we're talking about rest. And that rest starts off by taking off the burden of the religion that we carry on us. Jesus came to set us free and release us from those burdens. So he's inviting us to remove the burdens 
This is your second fill-in. He's also inviting us to rest and walk with him. To rest and walk with him. He's not promising us a permanent vacation where we're just going to sit at the beach and drink some pina coladas. I'm allergic to pineapple, so I won't do that. But he's not promising that we're not going to do anything. He's just saying, rest in me. Take up that yoke. His way, his light, it's easy. It's, it's not an unbearable burden added to your life. Like what the Old Testament told us that we, need, that we were supposed to do. The rules that the Pharisees had added to our lives. Jesus is offering us a rest. A kind of rest that we will experience that he is with us that he is walking alongside with us at a sustainable pace. He's offering us a rest that where we can learn how to walk with him. And I love how he says it's a walk. Because I don't know if you guys know, but the walk is a commonly metaphor that is used throughout the Bible over like 800 times. That the way of life as we're walking with Christ, as we connect with him, it's a walk or a path. Here's a verse that I want to share with you, Galatians 5.25. It says, now since we have chosen to walk in the spirit, let us take each step in perfect sync with God's spirit. This is a perfect picture of what it means to take up Jesus' yoke. It is a walk. It is one foot after another. It is just going steady with him. Wherever those steps lead us, wherever we go, whatever stress that we are carrying, we know that he is walking with us. Let's just take one step at a time with him. Let's stop comparing our walk with Christ to the people that we see. Everyone's on a different walk of life. Now, I love that idea that it's, it's a walk. Because I'm no runner. I'm sorry to let you guys down. I know I look like a runner, but I am no runner. <laughs> The only thing running constantly are my thoughts. I'm sorry, guys. But I love this metaphor because walking is something that we could all do. It's a path or a pace that each and every one of us are capable of doing. And that brings me comfort. It brings me comfort that I am in no race with anybody else. It brings me comfort knowing that I don't have to chase after Jesus He's already walking alongside with us. If you look on your outlines there, we always share recommendation books to help you guys carry this message throughout the week. And one of them that is listed is The Unhurried Life. And now this book shares um, a way of the a journey of what it looks like to live in the fast lane to transitioning into a rhythm of Jesus. And how to find a balance between the sense of a calling and the calling of rest with Jesus. I actually had a chance to read The Unhurried Leader with some of the pastors here at the church. And this book had came to me at a perfect time in my life. I had just started ministry. 
I was questioning everything that I was doing. I didn't know what to expect or how to do it. My life was fast. My thoughts were fast. My workflow was in a hurry. And slow down and rest is not something I do well at all. And you know what? Many people struggle with it. Many people struggle with slowing down. Maybe it's FOMO. I don't know if you, the Generation Z says that. FOMO, the fear of missing out. Maybe it's the fear of losing control. Maybe that this rest feeling is so foreign to us that when it comes to rest, we feel lazy. And it's funny that me and my husband had this conversation yesterday. He was like, today feels weird. I was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> He's like, it feels weir- really weird. I was like, because we're resting. He's like, I don't like the feeling. <laughs> I was like, because we're not used to it. And I actually shared with Lorraine and Oliver this week that um, I was feeling kind of lost. I know that this message was going to be about rest, and I struggle with it. I don't like the feeling, but I know it's very necessary. Some of the most beautiful moments, messages from God come from when we are resting. Jesus rested. So did Joseph. He needed to rest to receive that message from the angel to let them know, like, hey, this is true. Mary is pregnant. And if I could be completely honest, I find myself needing rest today. And like I said, I don't like the feeling. because I know that something beautiful is going to come out of this season of rest. But rest isn't easy. It's not. For a lot of us, we struggle with it. But this is something that Jesus is offering me. This is something that he's offering you. He's telling us, link your life up with me. Take my yoke. Let's learn together how to walk in a sustainable pace that's going to bring you peace day after day, week after week, maybe month after month, a year after year. If you continue to walk with me, we will get through this together. Here's the, the third thing that Jesus is inviting us to. This is your fill-in. He is inviting us to rely on his rhythm of grace. He's inviting us to learn how to rely on his rhythm, not just any rhythm, the rhythm of grace. Now, we've been doing this series of the ways of Jesus, and this is what it means to live in his way. It's learning how to slow down and live in a regular rhythm with him. Like we looked at the kids, they need a regular rhythm of what it looks like to go to school and learn and then go play so they could rest. God didn't create us to run 24-7 on adrenaline. I know some of us are, but he didn't create us like that. We need good sleep, 
and regular rest from our busy work weeks. Even if it's just you being at home with the kids and dealing with all the kids' activities, we need regular rhythm of work and rest. In the Bible, it is called Sabbath. I want you guys to think of this. What makes a great song? Parts of songs require a rhythm. What is a rhythm? It's made of sounds and silence. Now you see a Victor and the band came up here and they all started doing their own thing. We all wouldn't enjoy it, right? But the music is made of rhythm, of beats and pauses. It keeps repeating itself over and over again. And it creates a steady beat to create music. That's what rhythm is. Six days on, one day off. Six days of week of work and one day of rest. Maybe your schedule looks a little different. But if you just take that one day to focus on who you are in his eyes and see what he has to offer us, that is called Sabbath. We see him talk about it in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis as he was in this work mode of creating everything here for us. He created this, and that was good. He created that, and that was good. And the seventh day, he took off, and that was good too. He gave us an example, a Sabbath day, a day of rest. It creates this foundation, this structure of living in a healthy environment, something that is required for us to live on. I'm going to invite the band back up. But before I close, I want to share with you guys this one last verse. It's Hebrews 4, verses 9 through 11. It says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just like God did in Genesis. Therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Jesus is inviting us into a rest. Jesus has freed us from the burden of what religion and the world tells us that we have to be and who, what we have to do. He's letting us know that you and me, we are free from the burdens of staying busy. But we have to do our part. We have to make that effort to enter that rest. We have to enter this rest knowing that it's going to be something good for us, not something that we have to do. It's simply saying, God, today I choose you. Today I choose to link up with you. I want to be yoked with you. I want to be shoulder to shoulder with you. It's being intentional of living within Jesus' ways instead of living our own ways on our own terms. It's telling him, I'm going to live in your way 
today, tomorrow, and the next. It's coming to our truth with ourselves. Saying, God, teach me. Teach me how to live in that sustainable rhythm that's going to bring me peace, not stress. But we got to do our part. And trust and believe that God is going to do his. I joke with the pastors. I'm like, I'm going to do one preaching that I don't cry. I promise. But I know that there's a lot of people that walked into this door today feeling the opposite of peace and joy today. That there's a lot of people carrying burdens, stress, worry. Maybe it's that we're feeling like we're already living at the edge, emotionally, physically, mentally. That we are here, we don't know how much more we could go. Because of what's going on around us or within our life. Maybe it struggles financially. Maybe it's difficulties in the relationships that we have. Raising our kids. Maybe it's issues at work. But today, Jesus is inviting us to rest. He's inviting us to rest, not alone, but with him. I think about all the times that I avoided rest. And I've changed my perspective to think, how many wonderful messages am I missing from my father that loves me and wants so much more for me because I'm putting other things before him? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for always setting an example for each and every one of us to be in rhythm with you. Today, Lord, I pray over everyone that is here that you open their hearts and their minds to what it really feels like to rest, Lord, that you teach us and you continue to guide us. Lord, today we want to make room for you. We want to put you first. We want to put you at the center of our life. We want to link our shoulders up to you. We want to feel your presence. We want to take every step with you, one step at a time, Lord. We thank you for everything that you have done. We thank you for the grace and the peace that you offer us. In your name we pray. Amen.